welcome to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest is Karen Skates, Director of Content Marketing at SoundHound. Karen, it's great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to be here. I bet a lot of listen, a lot of our listeners have heard of SoundHound. I know, I know that I have heard of it even before we talk, but just say a few words about the company. Yeah, so probably most people have heard about it because of our SoundHound music app, which came into market, I think it's 17 years ago now. But the company was always formed with the idea of voice enabling devices. Actually, our founders were Trekkie fans. And so they kind of looked at science fiction and said, you know, in the science fiction realm, what things will actually come to fruition or are possible in our own lifetimes? And they decided that the ability to talk to devices, the way we talk to other people, was an achievable goal. And so they knew it would take about 10 years to develop the technology. So the earliest thing they could do was the sing hum voice recognition for music recognition. And then that ultimately became a sort of the foundation for our voice AI platform, which now voice enables a lot of, of the leading vehicle brands like Mercedes and Hyundai, Stellantis, as well as things like Pandora, Snap, MasterCard is a partner and we're voice enabling drive through kiosks for restaurants and lots of applications for voice now. So our, our goal is actually voice enable the world, right? So lofty, but I think achievable. Now, before we dive into our main topic, tell us about a, a memorable marketing moment from your career. I think that content marketing is really kind of a lot of little moments so picking one out is is difficult. But I'd say the one time I was really surprised was a time that we actually went to a new website, had created a new website, and we expected the organic traffic to go down, as it often does when you launch a new site. And a week after we had launched the site, the organic traffic had actually gone up. Because we'd done all the right things on the back end, we'd done all the right things with content prediction in the front end, that we didn't sort of go through that painful transition. So that was probably a memorable moment because it was one of the most surprising moments. Very cool. Thanks for sharing that. Now, okay, let's get into our main topic, which is the role of the content marketer during a rebrand. And I know that you you have some personal experience with this. So so let's just start right there. You know, what has been your specific role as a content marketer during a rebrand? Like, what do you, you know, what role do you play? What, what's important that you contribute? Just in general for marketers, what role you play is going to sort of depend on the reason for the rebrand, whether it's an acquisition and merger, or if you're rebranding because um, you're changing your product focus, or if you're really changing the name of the company. So there's going to be sort of some different approaches, but I think regardless of why you're rebranding, it's going to be important that the content marketing group be involved because you're going to carry the message, right? Whatever the rebrand is, whatever the purpose is for it, you're going to be the ones who are really making that transition happen and carrying that message through. You know, I think it's important that you're an integral part of those discussions and part of sort of building the strategy for moving forward. 
from my personal perspective, I really think um, I've been involved sort of in three different ways, right? One is to really think about moving forward. What's the messaging going to be? Basing that on, is it a new audience or an existing audience that you're trying to sort of move to a different direction? And so really looking at those needs for immediate content. In my case, in both cases that I've kind of been involved in a rebrand, one of the big things that had to change was the website. And in both cases, it was taking an existing website, really creating a new website, and then making sure that all the old content had a, a redirect or some way that it didn't just sort of die in digital space that would lead anybody who had old links or whatever to the new content. Um, so I think that's a big, a big part of most rebrands, probably some kind of website redesign. And content, of course, is intimately involved in, in that. And then I think the other thing that happens is the content team really needs to be looking at what content has been developed before the rebrand. And in some cases, there might be a, a need to really retire something. But if even if you're going to retire something, make sure there's a redirect to something new. But I think there's a lot more value, actually, in going back through that old content and seeing how you can refresh it to sort of live again within your new rebranded space, right? I think content marketers understand that digital content lives forever. You know, you can build on the SEO that you've already garnered for that instead of just trying to start over with everything. And then I think the third thing is really being aware of content on all channels. So this is not only your website, but maybe it's your so social channels. Are you going to have to change your handle names? How are you going to make sure that you get your audiences to follow you from one channel to another? So it can be, I think, both broad and deep, kind of the approach that you have to take to a rebrand. Great. A lot to unpack there. So I'm going to go back to something that, that you said just a few minutes ago. So that it's important for content marketers to kind of be there at the beginning of the process to, to be part of the strategy discussion. I'm sure that, you know, sometimes that's the case, but I'm sure in a lot of, in a lot of instances, it's not necessarily the case where the content marketing team specifically, it's more like, well, we'll figure out what the rebrand is going to be and why we're doing it and kind of the strategy. And then when, once that's all mapped out, we'll bring in the content people and kind of tell them, well, here's the content we need. Go make it happen, please. Right. I mean, you could see how you could think of it that way, but in, in your opinion, why is it arguably better to have the content team part of those initial discussions, maybe even as early as do we need to rebrand? And if so, why? Why is it important that you have the input of the content team in those early stages? Well, I think in a lot of ways, the content team has the pulse of the audience, right? We're watching engagement metrics. We're, you know, like for instance, I'm in charge of webinars. And so the kinds of questions we get from webinars, we're talking to the sales team and find out what kinds of questions they're getting out in the field. And so I think in concert with the product marketing team, we really kind of understand the audiences and we've developed those messages together based on a lot of research. You know, hopefully the content marketing is research-based. And so I think that the product team and the content team sort of together have a lot to say about this because, 
you know, we have the background, we understand the audience. If there's a new audience involved, probably we've been involved in that research and that messaging. So I'm not sure that you can kind of move forward with a rebranding without understanding really what's happened in the past, how that messaging can be sort of modified, pivoted, so that you don't just walk away from everything you've already built, if that makes sense. I mean, again, it kind of depends on the reason for the rebrand. If it's a it's a merger and acquisition, you're just going to have to look at it on a case-by-case basis. In both the cases that I've been involved in, it's just been kind of a name change, a, a slight change. We wanted to retain the audience's We wanted to transition the messaging, not necessarily just completely walk away from what we've done already. Um, In some cases, we're sort of dropping part of the messaging in favor of kind of moving forward with, you know, a little bit different market position. But still, there's got to be a thread. I think there's got to be a thread that pulls through what you did in the past and what you're doing now and what you'll do in the future, right? Right. Because a rebrand isn't a total break from the past where now everything is completely different. I mean, it it certainly shouldn't be. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking in most cases, I mean, I haven't been involved in something where it's just like, you know, we're closing down this business and we're opening another business. That's not really even a rebrand, right? That's just a closed business. So in a rebrand, there's going to be this thread that's going to connect you to your past efforts and then lead you into your future efforts. And so to keep that sort of that messaging going, to keep a continuity, to make sure you're not losing everything you've already gained in terms of SEO authority and, you know, uh, making sure you're pulling through the keywords that you're going to focus on. I mean, you might be dropping some off to the side, right, but and strengthening others. But I just don't think you can do it without understanding the history. Yeah. And, you, you know, I think you mentioned a couple of times that the content marketing team, along with the sales team and product marketing, they have they ought to have a pretty deep understanding of the audience and have some, you know, pretty, pretty strong connection with the audience. And I would think that in any rebrand, that's, of course, going to be right at the center of it. And in fact, might even be driving a lot of it. Right. Why are we rebranding in the first place? Well, our audience has changed or we've learned new things about our audience or we've learned more. And and so it warrants shifting the brand in this way to better communicate what our audience is telling us that they want and who they are. Exactly. Exactly. In, like I said, in both cases where I've kind of been involved in a rebrand, both cases, it was because one name had more strength than another name. And so in one case, it was a parent company with a subsidiary and tying that subsidiary into the parent company name, adding the the parent company name from the subsidiary name actually strengthened the brand because there was more brand recognition for the parent company. And for where the subsidiary was going, it was going to help the subsidiary to, you know, which had been operating sort of as an independent company, but it was going to strengthen their position in the market by tying to this larger brand. In our case, we had kind of separated our company name from the product name of the voice platform. And we'd actually named the voice AI platform. I don't want to say the name because we're really trying to walk away from that. But 
realizing that people say, oh, I know Soundhound. Oh, I've heard of Soundhound. Even though what they've mostly heard about, probably from a consumer perspective, is the music recognition app. But still that recognition of, oh, I've heard of this company. Maybe I'll read this email, I think gives us some advantage in the market. And so branding the product on its own was creating a lot of confusion. We had two different logos. We had these two different brands, but it was one company and nobody knew which logo to use. Nobody knew what to call us. So just kind of bringing that back into the mothership, so to speak, if you're, you know, Trekkie, gives us just more brand recognition and gives us a little bit more advantage in the market, we think. So so what's your advice for marketing teams that are um, in a position where the, it's, a, it's near the beginning of a rebranding project and, you know, they, they know like we need to be part of this and we need to make sure that people understand the important role that we can play. What's your advice for marketing leaders, marketing teams? I think, you know, that getting everyone involved from the start is critical. I think creating that roadmap based on your understanding your audiences, your customer and market research. And I guess regardless if it's a rebrand or just a new content strategy, really, you know, what we talked about, knowing who your audience is and understanding what they want to know and speaking to them, answering their questions instead of using your content as a megaphone for what you want the audience to know about you, what you want the industry to know about you, really providing that value and being that trusted source for people to go to when they have a question. And then ultimately, if they decide that this is the solution they want for them, they're going to come for you because you've already built that trust. So that yeah. whole foundation of why content marketing exists in the first place, I think people lose sight of it because content marketing also has become really a demand gen engine. And a lot of times um, there's, a, you know, the sales team wants certain messages or there's, you know, you know, we want everybody to know how our product is differentiated in the market. And there's ways to do that. And, you know, yes, we do support demand gen too, but then there has to be other avenues where you're really telling a story and you're bringing people in because that's what they, the information that, that they're already looking for, right? That's the whole reason to have SEO in the first place to give people information that they're already searching for. I like what you just said about, you know, in, instead of the megaphone approach where it's just, hey, look at us, look at we're, what we're doing. It's like, it's almost like turning the megaphone around and listening to what the audience is telling you. Like, hey, we actually care about these things. And it's really your job as a content marketer to be like, oh, okay, let's create content about that. Let's yeah. help people. Let's answer questions people are asking. Yeah. Letting people know what the trends are in the market, letting people know what their peers in their industries are doing. Hey, this is how your peers are approaching this problem. Something to consider, right? Now, when you tell that story, of course, you're going to pick peers that are using your solution. But, you know, you can do it in sort of a soft approach instead of just a, a hard sell. Avoid the hard sell. No one wants that. No one's, no one wants it. Well, that's really good stuff. Great advice. And, you know, Karen, I just want to thank you for sharing all that and for a great conversation. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah, it's been a great time. Thanks for having me on. 
That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.